HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello and welcome to Cutting the Curd, live on the Heritage Radio Network. This is Greg Blaze. On today's show, we're talking life-changing cheese experiences, and I'm really excited to have Janine Dargis, head cheesemaker at Valley Shepherd in New Jersey with me here in the studio. How are you doing, Janine? I'm great. How are you? Doing all right, but Patriots won last night, so I'm really stoked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Janine had a fascinating article published in the Billfold last week about her three-year-long three journey towards becoming a cheesemaker, and we're going to talk to her a little bit about that today. And on the line, I also have my friend and co-worker, Matt Riley. How you doing, Matt? Great, Greg. How you doing? I'm good. Matt is the latest Cheesemonger Invitational winner from last week's competition in San Francisco. Congratulations, Matt. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Awesome. Glad to, glad to be on with you, Greg. It was a great feeling. Matt was uh, trapped in uh, customs last week. Um, he couldn't get out of the airport <laughs> quick enough. Uh, they were stripping him down, giving him a body cavity search back there in O'Hare. I'm uh, sure that was pleasant for you, huh, bud? Oh, it was excellent. You know, the TSA agents, they have such soft hands. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's creepy. <clears throat> anyway, um, with the new year here in Cutting the Curd, we've been thinking a lot about resolutions and new beginnings. So last week I spoke with Ann about 2015 cheese predictions, and I'm sure many of you are listening and wondering how to make the most of the year and achieve your goals, cheese-related or otherwise. Um, so I wanted to talk to both of you guys um, because you both found careers in cheese after like a lot of effort, career-changing, and soul-searching. Janine, I'm going to start with you. So can you give us a recap of your amazing journey to cheesemaking and maybe tell us a little bit about Vermont Shepherd? Um, Vermont, no, not Vermont Shepherd. Valley, Valley Shepherd. Valley Shepherd. Wow, snafu. <laughs> wow. Don't I got New England us. on my mind. The Patriots won last night, so I'm like out of my mind. Uh, about Valley Shepherd, where you're currently the head cheesemaker. Yes. Um, so 
I've been at Valley Shepherd uh, since 2011, uh, but before that, I, you know, I was I was working in an office job, you know, back in I would say 2007, 2008. About um, the end of 2008, I decided that I needed to do something. Wasn't quite sure what it was. Um, and so I, I thought about working on a farm. I was like, you know, I'm in an office all day. My body's not happy about it. Um, I'm kind of doing the same thing. I could be here forever. And so my friend and I actually um, left our jobs in the uh, late 2008, um, and we uh, went to Chile. So we, we, spent, we flew down to South America um, and spent three months uh, woofing. So we were w- working on organic farms. We were volunteering. Yeah. Um, and we worked at first on a blueberry farm where we picked blueberries and raspberries for eight hours a day, uh, six days a week, and then left there because it was tedious. And then your um, hands were stained with blueberries. Yes. Every day. And and uh, raspberries, they have thorns. And so it's yes, like crazy. Like just was it was good. I liked it, but it yeah. wasn't what I dreamed of. <laughs> and um, so we actually we spent a couple weeks traveling. We spent all our money. And then um, ended up at another farm, a vegetable farm, a little bit uh, north of Santiago, Chile. And um, we, I fell in love with farming there. It was the most beautiful place I've ever been. And I was just like, this is the life that I want. You know, you're getting your hands dirty. You're working all day. And you're really satisfied by the end of the day. You know, you've got something in your hands that you did. Um, and so we were really like, and honestly, all we were doing was harvesting vegetables, but it still felt great. You had one particular moment that you knew that you were, you were out of the office and you were into this. Yeah. Yeah. We were, um, we were harvesting melons like cantaloupe and, um, the guy who was the farm manager, I mean, I don't speak Spanish. And so we kind of had this like awkward moment where he cut us a melon and we were just sitting on the back of this truck and looking at the Valley. It was so beautiful. And he was just like, Melones, like, que rico. And we're like, si, rico. Just yes to everything. Yeah, si, si. <laughs> and I was just like, even though, it was, even though it was really awkward, I was just like, this is the life that I want. You know, this is so nice. This just is the just, setting. Yeah. And was, the way that the melon looked and tasted. Yeah, it, it tasted so good. The interaction, you know? the way you looked at him. And uh, so maybe, yeah, I, I get that. <laughs> yeah, and we were just... and. For, yeah, for me, that was a life-changing moment. For for my friend, it was just, we were just kind of like, oh, you know, we're just... You're like, woohoo, free melon. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, for me, I was like, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. And so I wasn't quite sure where it was going to go. Um, so when I when we came back, I was continuing doing woofing. And so I was actually woofing up in Massachusetts, um, just working on uh, a farm, a very small, it was kind of like a garden run by two, um, a couple with a little baby. And they had said that maybe they were going to get sheep and make cheese a little bit, but they didn't make any promises. And so I was kind of asking because I was curious. Um, I was had been curious about cheese making, just the idea of it. I just thought that it might be, I thought I might like it. But why, I, but why do you think that? Because it just seemed like something that was fun to do, seemed like something that was satisfying. Um, it seemed like it required skill. You know, you can't just... It's not like harvesting vegetables. You gotta you gotta have a skill to do it, and so it just it was something that I wanted to learn more about. 
Well, so you were down there, you're in Chile, and you're working on the farm. Mm-hmm. Um, now, did you develop your love for cheese there? No, did no. Have... Um, it's, South America is not the biggest right. cheese place. <laughs> but that's what I mean. So so you came back up yeah, and went came to back. Mass. Yeah, I came back, went, came back to Massachusetts, which is where I had been living before. So uh-huh. that's where, where my life was. And um, I was looking for, at the next steps, and I was trying to figure out where, what I wanted to do. And I just always kept going back to cheese making. I was like, you know, was curious. And so I applied for a cheesemaking internship in Hawaii, and I got it. In and Hawaii? So, yeah, in Hawaii. And so oh, I was awesome. just like, yeah, this is so great. I'm so excited. You know, I'm going to learn how to make cheese. I'm going to be in Hawaii. It's going to be beautiful and awesome. And then it was, like, actually really awful. <laughs> what the heck kind of cheese are they making in Hawaii? Goat cheese. Just chef. Soft goat cheese. That was right. it. Yeah. Matt, you might want to pay attention to this thing. You might have to find out what this farm is. Start bringing this Hawaiian yeah. cheese into Italy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Next door we open in Hawaii, I'll be, uh, I'll be sourcing some awesome goat cheese. It'll be great. You guys got to put your, put your heads together after this. But so, so you went to Hawaii. Yes. I was in Hawaii, and it was completely terrible. Like, it was just, I hated it. The, the, um, the farm itself was really nice. Goats were wonderful. You know, it was a goat farm. It was kind of like an agro-tourism kind of operation. Yeah, I know those. Um, and so, a lot of people coming in and out. Like, a lot of people yeah. coming in and out. And um, all we were doing was making soft goat cheese, which, as you, if you've ever made cheese before, it's pretty much the easiest cheese that you can make. It's just it makes itself really. Right. And so we spent a lot of time mixing goat cheese with stuff and putting it in cups. <laughs> sure. And so it was, it was kind of tedious. But the the people who I worked with was just really our bosses were terrible. Like they just were so every every little thing that we did was you could be screamed at, like screamed at. And so it was just very demoralizing and very hard but did it teach you to be uh astute in your, your <laughs> cheese making practices i mean honestly it taught i mean it taught me about even though i didn't like being there i still wanted to learn how to make cheese i was like you know what i'm not gonna let that this didn't deter me you. Yeah. yeah so i was supposed to be there for a year um i ended up leaving after about four months i was like i can't do this anymore um it was kidding season and it was just like baby goats everywhere and they're super super cute but when you have to like bottle feed, you know, like a hundred of them, and oh, then man. and then someone's screaming at you because you missed one, <laughs> you know, like they're hiding in the corner, and you're just like, this is horrible. What is wrong with you people? This should be so fun and nice, but it wasn't. Um, and so I left there. Um, I came back home to New Jersey, where I'm from originally, and um, started applying for other apprenticeships. So I was still looking for cheese making apprenticeships, and so I ended up. Um, applying to Appleton Creamery in Maine. Uh-huh. And so I ended up going there. So I was home for a few months, winter of, I think, 2010. Uh-huh. And um, in April of 2010, I moved up to Maine. And so I started my in another apprenticeship up there. And um, that was so much better. Mainers are super nice. <laughs> they were so, it was just so much better. I mean, for me, like, my standards at that point were pretty low. I was like, just don't scream at me, please. No. <laughs> I, I, that's a very rare experience as far as yeah, I've been. I mean, we interview so. a lot of cheesemakers. I know a lot of cheesemakers. Um, and, you know, screaming and yelling, that, that doesn't seem to be good for the animals, for no, the milk, it's for not. the people, or anything. So, it's not, for, it's anyway. not good for anybody. Yeah. Nah. And, but then, so I, I ended up in Maine um, probably, yeah, so this was spring of 2010. And, um, oh, no, I'm sorry. This is 2011. Yeah. yeah. So in spring of 2011, I uh, did my apprenticeship um, in Maine from uh, April until November. And um, so I learned how to make 
camembert, brie. Um, we made soft ripened cheeses. Yeah, oh, you made some hard cheeses. We too. made a couple of hard cheeses. Yeah, um, the my boss there, Caitlin, was really nice. She she just kind of wanted to do everything. We made a lot of chev also. You know, she had a chev in olive oil with um, like peppercorns that was really popular. She made a, a little ball of chef with basil and pine nuts, really good. Yeah. But she also loved to experiment with breeze, camemberts. Um, we made a little volonsay style, like yeah. a little ash covered. So she made you, so, 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 so as the Hawaii job did, didn't deter you, this maybe inspired you, you knew you were right, or you yes. knew that you were like, all right, I'm on the right track here. Yeah, I was like, finally, okay. This is so, why I wanted to do this. I'm working for nice people, yeah. I'm working with animals I like, and then Maine's beautiful. So. Yeah, it was, yeah. So you were there in your mind at that point. Yes, and so that was my, my spot. And I, I honestly would have stayed there for, for longer if I didn't get the job that I still have currently. Um, so I was applying for – I basically started applying for jobs about halfway through my internship, um, and I got really lucky. You know, I um, – Did the Valley Shepherds just happen to need somebody, and you were there in the right spot at the right time? Yes, yeah. And I actually – I've applied um, – so I, I found them on good food jobs, yeah. which I really – I love good food jobs. They make it really easy. Absolutely. I, and the jobs are high quality. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like you're weeding through Craigslist, and you're just like, oh, my God, what is – You can find some <laughs> scary people and stuff on the Craigslist. Yeah, exactly. Looking at, you know, oh, my God, I can make so much money, like telemarketing or whatever. Matt, did, haven't you <laughs> – Gotten a lot of dates off of Craigslist. I mean, none of the none of those have ever really worked out for you, have they, Riley? Yeah. You uh, well, actually, yeah, I, I think it was good food jobs that got me the job with you. You were the same. You were the same thing. I mean, Matt. You, Matt came in to work for me. The same thing. That just do you just happen to need a guy? And we were in this desperate, desperate like spot. And uh, Matt came in, and I was just like, "Look, I need you to work right now. Um, are you ready right now?" And <laughs> That's then... always the best. Like, when can you start? Can you start today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think I applied for a job as a mozzarella maker, and you were like, "Can you be a cheesemonger?" I was like, "Sure, absolutely, do it." <laughs> I actually I totally applied for a mozzarella maker at Italy. Well, Matt's hands Matt's hands are like the size of catcher's mitts. I need. I, you know what I mean? Like, I, but but anyways, yes. Yeah, so, so please, please go on. So you went yeah, to the. Yeah, so I was. I was poking around good food jobs. I. I actually did apply to, to a mozzarella making job at Italy, but I was in, <laughs> I understand I was in Maine, so I didn't, I didn't get here back from you guys, but, um, but I actually applied for a job at, um, uh, as the manager of a cheese shop in Brooklyn that was owned by my now boss. And, you know, I sent him this email. I was like, oh, you know, I, I've been making cheese, but I can manage, you know, just, yeah. you know, give me a job, please. I'm, I need a job. And he, you know, Gave it to somebody else. It was like, oh, well. But his advice was, you know, cheese world is small. Like, let's, is. let's keep in touch. And so I, you know, kind of kept that in, in my mind. And a, a couple weeks later, I get an email from my dad, like, being like, oh, here's, a, here's actually a cheese farm that's near us. And it was Valley Shepherd. I forwarded that to him just saying, like, thinking of you. <laughs> you know, just kind of like trying to keep the networking, you know, channels open. And he writes back being like, hey, our cheesemaker is leaving at the end of this year. Like, you want to come down for an interview? Right. And I was like, okay. <laughs> just pretty. I was really, really, really excited. Now, you know, for it was those like perfect. Listeners that don't know, the, the Valley Shepherd makes both very fresh cheese. They make yogurts, still, yep. correct? And then we they make sheep milk yogurt. They make yep. these beautiful Pyrenees style cheeses, um, which are some of my favorite cheeses personally um, in, the, in the world are, are those nice Bosque style cheeses. Yeah. They got a and bunch sheep, of what? Frisian milk. dairy, Dutch Frisian dairy sheep in we there? We do. And- we have Frisian sheep um, and now we also have um, some goats too. So we, we make goat uh, 
goat cheeses and sheep cheeses. And we also we buy cow milk too, so we have cow milk cheese. So too. so when you jumped in, they probably had some cheese, but then they could <laughs> they could bring you along a little bit. Uh, yes. Slowly now now you said you were making little goat cheeses, little soft ripened cheeses, and not to um, yeah, disparage was... the art of that because it's very <laughs> difficult. But making firm pressed cheeses that age out over a longer period of time that's a hard job it's because totally you make the cheese you know you press it it looks great but you know and you can have all of your your practices right but in three to five to six months later when you go to open that up yeah. if it doesn't taste good or there are faults <laughs> that's a that's a hard thing to correct at that yes, point. yes i definitely it was a steep learning curve <laughs> i'm sure yes it took at least for me the hardest cheese was a cow milk's gouda it took so long. I kept getting holes. They kept blowing up on me. Right. And it was just, I pressed them too quickly. Some like sort was, of gassiness inside yes, there, right? because there was still whey trapped in there. And uh-huh. so that was one of those things that took me like a year to figure that out. It was crazy. But that's the trials and tribulations. When you start <laughs> yes. getting into, I mean, seriously, little soft cheeses, you can bang them out. You yeah. know what I mean? And then they're gone. And, and then even, <laughs> if they, even if they're off labor, suddenly if you sell them at a farmer's market, you can just push those things out. Yeah. You start over. You they're just gone start over. A week, just do them again. It's interesting, like a lot of the cheesemakers that I that I interview and stuff, they talk about that. You know what I mean? Um, one of my buddies, that uh, Yos Volto, you know, he, he we we always talk. He's he's moved into you know makes this beautiful cheese called Uliut and uh, Miranda. Um, they're soft white, soft ripened wash rind cheese, and then he's moved into these harder cheeses. And he's always, you know, when we come in and have a coffee, he's always, like, discussing the uh, – it's, it's interesting. I think it's, like, going from building, like, tree forts, you know, to being, like, yeah, to a building a log cabin, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean, from scratch. Yeah. I mean, for me, like, honestly, we don't do too many wash rind cheeses. And they're – for me, they're intimidating because there's so much work to be done after you make it. With hard cheeses, it's like you rub and you turn it. And, you know, if you forget to rub and turn it for a couple of days, they're, you're okay. Or cheddar specific. Sure. Yeah. So, like, our cheddar, you can just forget about them. And then in a year, just come back to them and they're there. But wash rind cheeses, you know, they're they're so so high maintenance. You know, and you need you need to be really be on them all the time. You need to be washing them. You need to be making sure they're not contaminated with anything crazy. Um, so yeah, so so our most of the cheeses we make are natural rinded, so we don't have to do too much work to them. So after like after all that, so you mentioned in your article that you said cheese making, you thought it was more varied than farming. Mm-hmm. Um, is it? Did you find it was? Yeah, it's like a brain like you're. It's a brain exercise every day. <laughs> every day is a new challenge. Um, and especially at my job now, like I'm in charge of everything. Like I am in charge of when the milk is coming. Like, you know, if we're doing a milk, like a cow milk pickup, who's going to pick it up? How are we going to pump it? Like, where's, do we have all, all, are all of our machines working? <laughs> you know, like are, we have a pretty big operation. So, you know, if something breaks, if, you know, your tank's not, you know, the refrigeration's not going out, like I'm in charge of all of that. And so it's, and the cheese making itself, like sometimes the cheese making itself is like the easy part. Of course. It always is. <laughs> yeah. I then... <laughs> long to sell cheese at the cheese counter at right. Italy, but they keep sending me emails. <laughs> Matt, you don't know anything about that, do you? My gosh. <laughs> yeah, when you're pushing the knives and like working with the products, I mean, you long for that, but I think it makes you appreciate it more I when do. you get your hands in the yeah. vat like that. Yeah, and then this time of year, which is so nice because we're, we're really only, you know, the sheep are dry, the goats are dry. We're really only making cow milk cheeses, you know, 
Whenever maybe, we can. Maybe you can tell us a little bit um, just about the Valley Shepherd and, uh, and what they do, you know, just for our listeners who may, who may not be aware of yeah, them. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, we, um, we are – I was doing research. I'm pretty sure we're New Jersey's only sheep dairy. Uh-huh. Um, so we have about 300 sheep. Uh, we have about 120 goats, and um, we also have cows that are off-site. Um, and so we, throughout the year, we, um, we make about 32 different kinds of sheep, goat, and cow milk cheeses. We do some mixed milk cheeses, too. Um, we kind of have like a smallish kind of agritourism thing where people come, you know, in the Some spring and in the fall. We do. We have internships and we're accepting applications right now. Um, if you go on valleyshepherd.com. But we, yeah, we, we do like almost any cheese that you can think of. We, we make it. Yeah, yep. I, I got to say, I, I was really surprised. I, I got to visit you guys a couple of years ago. Um, oh, nice. Uh, we were selecting some cheeses for my, my brother's new restaurant, and he uh, and and I, I was amazed at the amount of cheeses you guys have. Your your even your shop in the front there, like you guys have so many cheeses you produce yeah. there. Yeah, it's mean, crazy. All delicious. <laughs> and yeah, and I'm the only one. <laughs> so you're the sole <laughs> cheese maker for all those cheeses. It's crazy. <laughs> yes, yeah. My my boss Aaron, he used to do all the cheese making, but now he's really like like hands off. You know, we're doing grilled cheese shops now too. So we have one um, in Brooklyn, we have one in Philly, um, and we recently just opened one in on McDougal Street in Manhattan. And so he's off doing that. You know, and we're I'm in charge of making all the cheese. You know, we've got our interns that are helping us out with deliveries, and you know farmers markets, and so really like I've really taken on more of like the management. So you're running the joint. That's fantastic. Yeah, of the, pretty much the whole thing. Yeah, but he he does like all the financial stuff and is in charge of, you know, making sure that the animals are healthy. You know, I don't do any of the farm stuff, but um, but yeah, it's really like we're first for the size of our operation. Like we do a lot. So, so he still does the he he still does the farming. He still uh, does. Ooh, the... No, we have a farm manager, but he manages okay. like the whole operation of everything. He yeah. takes care of the animals and makes sure that the milk that the milk is coming to you. Yes, yes. Wow. So, back in the day, before you took on this, uh, sounds because you just tossed yourself into this life completely, hook, line, and sinker, which is awesome. Um, did you ever think, you know, like that you would be here? Did you ever think that no. you'd be doing that kind of thing? <laughs> no, I never thought I, I was capable of it. You know? Why? Why not? Because it's, it's capable of taking a pay cut and working longer <laughs> hours and having more responsibility. Yeah, you didn't when, think the world would do that to you. Well, when when you think about it, you know, when you're working on a farm, you know, when you're making cheese, it's dirty. You're wet a lot. It's just you know things get sprayed in your face, like you brine. Things whey, get sprayed in your face, just like all like liquids of all kinds, like like whey. You've yeah. got your curds. I've got like I wear glasses, and so yeah. it's like constantly I'm cleaning my glasses all the time. It's just you're you. Have have to be willing to be un- uncomfortable <laughs> for a long for a lot a lot of the day and but well, what i found i found a real like satisfaction in going home at the end of the day taking a shower and just being like oh, i made like a hundred wheels of cheese today. that's awesome no that's like really i <laughs> i know for i know and i'm not to speak for matt i know that like when we blow through a lot of cheese as we're mongers you know, you're like funky, and you just smell like a butt, <laughs> your, your hands and you're like on the that. train, and uh, you know what I mean. I mean, but I don't, I don't know how people smell in Chicago, Matt. It was too cold for me to smell anything when I was there last. But I mean, you know, and like again, yeah. on the train going home from Italy and New York, I'm like, I'm getting a seat because I stink. Uh, but I've sold so much cheese, and like it makes me feel so good that I did that. Well, 
becomes part of you. You know, it becomes part of you. <laughs> yeah, literally and figuratively. So, look, guys, yeah. we're going to have to take a quick break. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more with Matt Riley and uh, about his uh, his crazy victory at the CMI. And we're going to talk more with uh, both of these guys, with Janine, too, about uh, cheese and how it changed their life. So we'll be right back. You are listening to Nice Show, Pop Rhythm. Dairy Farm families of Wisconsin and the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board are proud to underwrite Cutting the Curd on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Wisconsin cheeses have an illustrious heritage of more than 170 years of quality and craftsmanship. During this long and rich history, the art and science of cheesemaking have been captured in time-honored traditions that produce cheese varieties of unsurpassed excellence. Today, Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country. To learn more, visit www.eatwisconsincheese.com. Hello, this is Mark Ladner from Del Posto, and you're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Hello, and welcome back to Cutting the Curd here on the Heritage Radio Network. We've been thinking a lot about, um, you know, about life-changing experiences and cheese. Um, I'm here with Janine Dargis. 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 Uh, I'm the worst. <laughs> it's okay. It's like uh, a 50-50 chance. <laughs> and my name is Greg, and, it, and, uh, and it's a four-letter four word, and people misspell it all the time. Yeah. Um, she's the head cheesemaker at Valley Shepherd Creamery, and we're here with Matt Riley, cheesemonger in Italy, Chicago, recent winner of the Cheesemonger Invitational in San Fran. So, Matt, I wanted to talk to you a little bit. Um, Matt is an awesome cheesemonger, and uh, he has come to us uh, relatively uh, soon, like, like Janine. Uh, Matt is um, – how long, how long have you been a cheesemonger, Matty? Uh, just about three years now. Yeah. Yeah, since you hired me. <laughs> <laughs> a Nubian. You can mold them. You've got to mold, the, mold these people. Um, so I was wondering if you could talk to us for a little bit about your career before mongering, and I wonder if that helped you become a better monger. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I started, uh, I, I was one of those people like many in the food industry that uh, that decided, you know, in my late 20s, I was going to take a total career change. I was uh, working as a, uh, you know, in, a, in test prep in Times Square, uh, you know, answering phones and, and stuff like that. And I, I liked it. I liked the job. But I took a trip to, uh, to the uh, Culinary Institute of America with a friend of mine, and uh, I'd always been kind of encouraged to to kind of get into the you know the, the more professional food world, um, and uh, I I, got, I kind of fell in love with that place, and then decided I was just gonna you know go both feet forward into into the food industry. So I, I didn't really know where I was gonna go. I thought you know maybe I'd be a chef or something. I always really enjoyed cooking, and and I tried that for a couple of years, and I had a great time. I worked at some great great places. Um, but uh, you know, when I was I was it was like three years, you know, three four years ago, we were doing uh, uh, some catering with some friends, and 
And I knew in order to do that, I'd have to probably take a job. I could work during the day and, you know, make a little extra money. We were starting this business. And, and so then I, I came into Italy, and I was like, you know, maybe I'll do a data entry or do something like that, maybe mozzarella maker. And then before you know it, I just kind of, I uh, you hired me, and I, I uh, jumped on the line. I think we spent two weeks wrapping uh, Parmesan straight. I think that's how things went uh, right before Thanksgiving. Matt's and, first day and, uh, was the day before Thanksgiving, oh which no. is our busiest day of the year. And I was like, so you're going to stand here next to me for 13 hours and wrap cheese. And we'll see if you come back because we're closed on Thanksgiving the day afterwards. And uh, sure enough, you came back and like sort of never looked back from there. And then I knew you were like the man after that. Yeah, I, I loved it. You know, I really, you know, there was, uh, I've always kind of really enjoyed the customer service aspect of, uh, you know, of any, any job I've ever had and, and being able to kind of work with the food um, you know, just on, on our side of things, taking care of the cheeses and things like that. And then, and then, you know, seeing the customers, talking to them, being able to communicate with them, uh, you know, teaching them about the food they're eating. Like, you know, it just, it just kind of brought together all the aspects of, you know, that I appreciate about, you know, about life, you know, just, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was just a great, you know, great kind of combo for me. So, uh, and the fast pace was just amazing. You know, it was awesome. It, it still kind of held that, you know that kind of exciting at uh, you know aspect of being like a line cook, but yet I could you know interact with customers directly. So it just was a, a beautiful marriage for me, really. Did you, uh, so you worked for Kaplan before then, right? Kaplan. Yeah, Kaplan test prep. Did yeah, any of, so what skills from that job? And Janine, you can you can chime in here. What skills from that job truly did you bring over to uh, cheesemongering? Uh, I would say you know the, the biggest thing is you know talking with customers. You know talking with. Uh, you know the people that were using the products. I, I, I really enjoyed it, and I, I kind of excelled at that when I was there. And then, um, you know, so so that's a huge part of being a cheesemonger is being able to communicate, you know, effectively with your, you know, with your customers. And then the other side of it, I guess, would have been the management aspect of it. You know, just being able to um, understand how to interact with people to get a job done. Uh, you know, there was a, a lot of varied things that I did for Kaplan, and and uh, it just seemed kind of like what what my well, my biggest, you know, kind of talent there was was just being able to kind of, you know, bring people together to get a job done. And then, you know, of course, in 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 uh, you know Italy at that counter, it's you know it's all about communication. It's almost like you're, you know, you're playing uh, playing like a sport or something like that. You know, you have to you know keep the lines of communication open. You've got to you know be in constant communication with the customers. You have got to be constant communication with each other. You know, when you got a line of like forty people and you're you know, you're selling like you know forty thousand dollars of cheese in a day. You've got to really coordinate, and I think that was the other side of it that I brought over that um, that really helped me excel as a cheesemonger. You know, yeah, you got to be able to work within the team construct, and I'm, uh, I mean, especially as a as a cheesemonger, I think as a cheesemaker, you have your team. Yeah, but there's you, a less social. <laughs> there's no social skills element. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I don't. I, I honestly don't think I could do that. I, like working with people all day. With their right. questions <laughs> all day, Matt. You love that, though, right? I mean, that's oh, that's, I love it. You do. You I love it. it. I love. I love to play with the customers. I love to, you know, kind of, uh, you know, we have a we have a pretty big counter at Italy, and I I always used to love to, you know, answer the question about do you know all these cheeses? I would love to say, yeah, I, I love it. You know, what's you your favorite cheese? Let's, let's have a little. What's uh, the most popular let's cheese? Have a little education session. <laughs> what's and I love that. You know, of course. So yeah. <laughs> Does Mario work here? Where's Mario's restaurant? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. You know, that, that, the repartee is just is great. No, and it totally is. So, 
And Matt's an awesome cheesemonger. Um, so recently, Matt just went out to San Francisco um, to the uh, to the to the Battle Royale of Cheesemongers in America, um, called the CMI, the Cheesemonger Invitational. It just took place in uh, San Fran uh, around the time of the Fancy Food Show. And uh, Matt, with all of his three years of experience pushing pa- <laughs> pushing papers for Kaplan, you know, doing the corporate <laughs> thing, um, he went in there and won the entire competition. So. Uh, I wanted to say to you, Matt, congratulations. Uh, you are the man. Uh, I really – I've worked with you. I'm actually – it's funny. Like I'm one, of, I'm, I'm one of the only people you know that can truly say like I've worked with you from the beginning. And, uh, and, I, and you're yeah. an excellent cheesemonger, and I'm really glad that you got um, your due because um, you care more than so many people that I've seen. And, but that's not to see that I – say that I haven't worked with the best people, but you're just, your level of commitment and, uh, and trust and will um, and your love for the job is like, it's up there, man. So thank you so much, um, you know, for being that dedicated to what you do. Wow, that, 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 that's awesome, Greg. I really, that's, thank you. Um, you know, I, you know in, in terms of, you know, going to the competition and, and preparing for it, it was, uh, it, was, it was a lot of work, I got to say. I, you know, I think... Uh, well, you know, I think uh, I'm definitely happy that you know it's it's behind me now and that I was successful. But I think you know, even my girlfriend's very happy. And you know, so, hey, you're a stressed you know, we, out uh, guy, we, man. We had to study a lot. There so, was a lot of studying, a lot of hard work. I was wondering if you could you could for us, Matt. Matt, could you describe the feeling of winning the CMI and what it meant to you? Uh, yeah, I, I think I can. Uh, it was uh, well, it was exhilarating. It's you know, it's weird. It was this strange combination of emotions because. You know, it's a personal experience um, every time that you get together with cheese people. It's not, you know, I, and it's not like any other business that I've ever kind of been involved with where, you know, you sit down at a table, you figure things out, or if you, you know, go to a convention, it's all kind of business. It's really a, a community of people that are, you know, when it comes down to it, supporting, you know, uh, farmers and creameries that are, you know, doing it because they love it. You know, I mean, uh, it's it's in my experience, doesn't seem to be on an artisanal level such a profit-driven thing. It's more not of a personal enough for the thing. money. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's, it's, it, you know, you have those kind of personal emotions going around, looking around, seeing, you know, over a thousand people that are kind of on that same level, you know. Um, you're competing against people that you, you know, frankly, that I, I thought were better than me. You know, I'm looking around, I see these people that are just an incredible cheesemongers, and, and uh, especially when we, you know, we got up to that top 10 stage, I, I was looking around and I was just like, this is Top Gun. This is Top these Gun. Yeah, these guys are awesome. <laughs> nice. you know, these guys are amazing. They're the best in the country. I, I, I was just super honored to be up there. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and, and, so, and everybody's so friendly. So like I'm standing there and and then, of course, they named, you know, the, the runners-up, and, I, and, and, and none of those names were mine. And so then I was, like, a little, like, nervous. So I'm thinking, well, maybe, you know, maybe... I, maybe like you weren't even supposed okay. to be standing can, up there? That's fine. I'm in the top ten. That's all that matters, you know? Oh. And, uh, and then I look, and I, you know, I kind of saw a couple of people that I knew kind of wanted me to win, kind of in the front row, smiling and, and, high, and happy, and there was some... And there was some buzz around, and I, you know, so I kind of thought, well, maybe I have a shot. So all these things are going on, and then, you know, when Adam, you know, announced my name, I, uh, it was all just like a flood for me, really. I mean, you know, being able to be up there on the stage uh, with Mary Quick and, and uh, Jason Hines and, and Anna Jewell, like all these people that are just so, you know, amazing uh, people. I mean, you know, not just big powerhouses, but they're just good people. Um, and for them to be up there to 
give me an award was a little bit uh, a little bit surreal. So yeah, the whole thing was just kind of a, a kind of hodgepodge of just very you know contrasting emotions and so really great great feeling. What I would I would get out of that is uh, maybe you felt like you were you had joined a community that maybe you you didn't know if you were totally a part of, but when you were up there yeah. and you won and you and you got recognized by all your peers, maybe it felt to you you know you felt that you had like found your people and you were one of them yeah that's true i you know that that was actually i think that was one of the first things i said was just that you know i really feel like i found a home in food you know and that was that was what i was looking for for so many years you know for you know 10 years now i, yeah. I you know I, 10 years ago around this time i was thinking about going to india to go to my you know work in my first kitchen and i didn't know what that was going to bring and, and just to think about the long journey that i've had doing all these different jobs in food and and i you know always kind of feeling like i was on the right track like i was i was moving toward something that was going to make me you know really fully content uh but not having like kind of grabby yet and then uh, you know i don't mean to embarrass you great but then when you know when i when i when you hired me and and i kind of started to learn about who you were and, and kind of the kind of influence you had in the food industry you know I, I kind of you know dedicated myself to you know kind of following a master and kind of learning about you know the way things are really meant to be you know in a long tradition of of you know great you know kind of cheese retailing and, and, and all of that. So, I, you know, I, I just, once I noticed how special my opportunity was, it was it was kind of like uh, no, you know, no looking back. Have you, Janina, so Matt was just describing, you know, how he, did you feel the same way when you went to work for the Valley Shepherds? Did you feel like yeah, I mean, that was a culmination of your journey? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. Um, when I first started working there, I really didn't, I wasn't 100% sure if, if I was going to be there for very long, you know, like when I got the job offer, it was really for a year. And so I was just like, I like, oh, am I only here for a year? Like, what am I doing? And then as I was working, you know, for a couple, I was like, oh, you know, it's a, it's a job. Like I can be here for as long as I, as if I do a good job. Um, and it, it really is like when, when you're somewhere for, you know, a couple of years and you really care about what you're doing and you're around other people who also really care, it's just such a great feeling, you know, and that we all are kind of working towards this one goal of making really good cheese and giving it to all the people that we can possibly do, you know? That's fantastic. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a great feeling. Maddie, you agree with that, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you know, the other the other side of it is like you know, it's uh, it, it again, it's that whole idea of being able to you know sink your teeth into you know the tutelage of somebody who really understands what's going on. I, it's it's no surprise to me that or it shouldn't, you know, I would like to clear up the idea that you know it's not just this random thing that Emily won last and then and then I just won uh, you know six months later. The whole the whole idea is that we worked together, you know, at that counter and that you did. that counter produced us, you know, so that that. Is uh, that's huge? It's no, uh, it's no coincidence, you know. No, I'm, so I, I wanted to ask you one question, Matt, and then I've got a couple more questions for you guys before we wrap up. Uh, but you guys are so great, I don't want to go just yet. <laughs> um, so, Maddie, when Matt, when did you realize, you know, that this thing had like changed your life and that this is what you were going to do forever? Because you are, uh, you have no choice. I think <laughs> it, it was, you know, it, it was being able to see. Um, probably see things kind of change and, and being able to, you know, well, it was a culmination of things, but, you know, I was learning how to be a cheesemonger and I was also learning really about um, the cheese business as a whole as, you know, as I gained more experience. And, and you know, there was really all of these things that I was learning was, was telling me that this was a, 
you know, worthy pursuit. This was something I could do with my life and feel 100% good about it. Um, and in other areas of food, I never really felt that, you know. So I don't know if it was an exact moment. There were some moments, like, you know, when we had certain conversations about, you know, where, you know, where I was going to go and what I wanted to do. I think there was, you know, probably for the first year, my responses were more along the lines of, well, you know, I love Italy and I love the concept and I want to do something, you know, something that supports that concept. Um, and then after that, you know, kind of first year, I think it was more about, well, you know, now I want to be in cheese and I want to, I want to be a part of this you know, community, which was a little bit, which was a slight change. I, it still enabled me to do the, you know, have those, you know, lofty pursuits of, you know, changing food, but at the same time, um, you know, but at the same time be, you know, actually, you know, in there, you know, doing the work. So I, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know if it was an exact moment, but there was a few conversations I think that we had that really kind of made me feel like, you know, I could do this and feel 100% proud of it. And so, you know, about a year, I guess it took. Well, I'm glad you're a true believer, Matt. You're a good man. Yeah, man. And yeah, absolutely. So I want to throw another question out to both of you guys just as we're going uh, going along. Maybe, Janine, you can take this um, this first. Um, so what's some advice you ha- would give, um, you know, to to others uh, for finding a path, like, in the, in the cheese or food um, industry that, like, our listeners might be passionate about? Um, I would say you have to be willing to take a risk. First and foremost, um, you know, hopefully you've got some savings. (laughs) You have to kind of be prepared for not making money at all for a while and maybe just making very little Um, and to really just keep an open open mind about what and being realistic. Well, what and, are your thoughts about how cheap people in this profession are paid? I mean, how, how people are paid? Well, I mean, for I think about you're working on a farm, you know, you're not on Wall Street. You know, you're not helping other people make a lot of money, which is usually, I think, how people make a lot of money. So you help other people make money. But we're, we're making food, and the cost of cheese making is high. You know, like, and we're... And there's, there's your cost of living on top of that. Yeah, yeah. And New Jersey's not, it's, you know, it's not as quite high of cost of living as it is in New York City, but it's it's not nothing to sniff at. You know, it's it's really, you you got to have enough to pay your rent. you got to have enough to pay your bills. I live by myself, which is really, like, important to me. Um, and so you really have to figure out whether... Or not, what what you're making is you're able to do that. And so for me, when I first started this job, it was thirty thirty six thousand dollars a year, which is, it's you know not that much. It's usually like a starting salary for most people. But when you're talking about a cheese making job, like if you if you look up an average salary, it's between twenty five and thirty five thousand dollars. So it's it's just it's not that much. You know, you gotta love it. <laughs> yeah, and Matt, you you would agree with that, I imagine. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's it's definitely not. You know, the best advice I ever got was, you know, uh, you know, you don't you don't don't do you know don't do a job because you think you're going to make a lot of money doing it. Do do what you're passionate about. Do what you love to do every day, and the money the money will eventually come. And I think you know, for for something like the artisanal cheese industry, I think it's you know it's one of those things that it, you know it's going to take a long time. I think before you know people like you know, cheese makers and cheese mongers and stuff really start to make the money that they're worth to our food. But how do we get there? Um, but I, <laughs> how do we get there? And what, like, and, and I'm serious. Like, what do you, how, how, when you think about this sort of thing, um, yeah. because a lot of us, and I'm talking to everybody, we, we do our jobs and because we work a lot. These jobs require a lot of our time and then we'll, they're physically and mentally taxing. So sometimes when you get out, 
maybe you're, you know you're not thinking about how you can you know make not even exponentially more money but how you can progress financially but you yep. have to do that and mm-hmm. it, because otherwise you get trapped in that cycle of working and living and barely making it yeah, yeah. so yeah. where do we do are there, are there things like the uh the certified chiefs professional exam well that you know and then there's i'm, I'm yeah. not 100 percent sure about what because i honestly i don't know anybody who's taken it personally yeah but um it can't hurt. No, <laughs> professional. I, I think it's a. I think it's a great thing. I. I, I am 100 percent behind it. Yeah. I am not. Uh, I have not passed the test yet. That will be my next project. But it's really encouraging to hear. You know, I have. I have. Uh, you know, uh, vendors that are coming to me saying, "Hey, listen. You know, you think you'd like to take this test? I think I might want to take this test." And you know, then there's others that have already taken it, and they're. You know, it, I've started studying for it, and the kind of materials they give you are so in depth and they really you know they really drill down on the science of cheese and then you know of course the uh you know the broader you know cheese industry so i i think it can't it definitely can't hurt but how does it help some kind of streamlined kind of process for people to become professionals is always going to be the first step in in uh you know, trying you, to, trying you to said it yourself. Higher. The counter, working at the counter, is what trained you mostly. Yeah. Correct. And you. Yeah. So, so like yeah. anything that wants to professionalize cheese, the cheese mongering, cheese making industry, I think is fantastic. And mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't know what you're yeah. selling, and you don't know the safety regulations around what you're selling, you don't know all of those kind of things. You're just going to get lost in it. Eventually, those That's mistakes right. are not having that base knowledge. You know what I mean? It's like buying a very expensive yeah. car that has a manual transmission, and you drive it, and one day it breaks down, and you literally have no idea what the hell to do with it. You know? Yeah. There's good. You need yeah. to know. You can't skip those steps. How, and you, you know what I mean? To get there. Yeah. But what do we do to get you guys paid more? And I'm just. I know. This <laughs> if is anyone this. can figure that out, just let me know. <laughs> no. well, the, 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 you know, listen. The money comes from the world. You know, the, it's the population of people and the, and the population of consumers that have to spend that money to be able to support um, what they want to support. So, really, in the end, it's going to be it's going to come down to the consumer. I mean, are they buy do, more do cheese? We on a, you know, <laughs> yeah. do we continue on a track <laughs> of, for you know, big of trying to? <laughs> no, it's true, Matt. I agree. I, yeah. And on a, in a dairy situation, I mean, I know that the cost of doing business is so high, like the, the cost of your vats, your animals, how you have to feed them, um, the cost of storage, you know, refrigeration. There's, it's just such a high cost of doing business that then it's kind of it's hard to make a profit. It's, you know? it's true. And tumultuous. Yeah. And tumultuous on, as well. I mean, with, you know, on, with milk on, prices kind of going up and down and how, you know, I mean, I, but I, I don't have to directly deal with that. But that's a. That's got to be hard. No, but everything affects everyone. I mean, and, right, and right. yeah. those things are all out there. And uh, I would wager, and maybe on a closing note, that the reason why people like us do these jobs, why we leave jobs that maybe weren't, you know, tickling our our brain bone, is because <laughs> we want the challenge to be able to answer all of these questions. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I, I, you yeah. know, in the future, I dream about starting my own business. And, you know, that's always kind of the like the entrepreneurial dream of like, well, when I have my own business, I'll be able to make more money. But this job yeah. has given you <laughs> this transparent like look into yeah. what that actually takes. Absolutely. And yours too, yeah. Matt. I mean, you get to see through yeah. through working these jobs what the costs are because 
and you help edu- I think yeah. that that in the end, Matt, you know, you're right. You have to educate the consumer to buy these things because when they come and they see cheeses, they're priced a little bit higher than they think that they should be, but they don't know the costs involved. And uh, and yeah. you guys do, and we all do. So I think it's our jobs to spread that knowledge around as we grow within our own profession. And yeah. um, I guess I guess uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to end here, but. Um, I just want to say thanks to Matt and Janine so much for coming in. Congratulations again, Matt. And um, Valley Shepherd Cheeses, yep. fantastic Valley stuff. Valley Shepherd Creamery. Uh, we're in Brooklyn. We're in Park Slope. We have a shop. Uh, we're at the Union Square Farmer's Market. We're at all kinds of – we're all over the place. Yeah, man. And if you're in <laughs> Chicago, make sure you go visit Matt Riley at Italy. So yeah. thanks. So, thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, tune in next week for a book review with Diane, Diane Stemple um, on Cutting the Curd. Have an excellent evening. Cheers. The theme song for Cutting the Curd is Cheese Gainberg by Taxstar. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>